At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more... Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Welcome to Get a Grip with Max Homa and Shane Bacon, a production of iHeartRadio. Sports fans, golf fans, or just fans, welcome to Get a Grip with Max Home and Shane Bacon. I am Shane Bacon, joined, as always, by Max Home. Max, you are in the same state as me right now. We're both in Connecticut. That is a, that's a rare thing. We don't, we don't typically hang out in the same states these days. It feels nice. Like, feel, I can feel the buzz. <laughs> the boys yeah. are back and they're buzzing. <laughs> hey, I, I got to bring up something before we get into everything that happened last week into this week. Uh, I'm noticing a new Max Home trend. Uh, you're replying a lot with the handshake emoji. Is this a is this a concentrated thing you're doing? Uh, I've been getting a lot of the handshakes from you over the last few days. What's that about? Is that a, is that just a a new Max thing? Yeah, I feel like back in like uh, I don't know March, April, May area. I just realized the value of that most. <laughs> like it, it, you know, I feel like it looks cool, but it's also like yeah, you could you could use it for like okay, like you know, agreed. Uh, you could use it for. <laughs> I just feel like a lot of like it's it's a it's a versatile emoji. Gotcha. So maybe it's my new thing. Yeah, I, I like it. I'm gonna start. I might I might adapt. I might start. I might steal it from you. Um, before we get into golf, I wanted to ask you this as well. We're both big basketball guys. Uh, can we get a finals prediction from you as we sit here in the conference finals? Yeah, it's Suns Bucks, and it does feel like the Suns are gonna win if Chris Paul can stay out of COVID protocol. Um, they just they feel like the team that just has all the momentum in the world. Uh, I'm sure the Bucks are better than them. Or I would, I, I'm not sure, sorry. But, like, um, there's a possibility that the, that the Bucks are better. But they're just, you know, they're, they're on a – they got a vibe going on. Ever since they won those 10 games in a row in the bubble last year, uh, I just feel like they have everything going for them. They win a game last night that they, you know, it just seemed like it was dead, 0.8 seconds left. Um, and yeah, is there a worse nickname than Playoff P? <laughs> so bad. So many ways you can go with it. PU. I, I, I saw. I saw cousin Sal, who does a lot of stuff with the ringer, was Playoff PU is what he's calling him, um, which really okay. makes me laugh. It's really funny. Um, the missed free throws. So I traveled home Monday. We did a golf today from Tory 
from the live room set on Monday. Thing. It was super, really fun. Uh, if you ever want to fly coach with a two-year-old, uh, let me just tell you. Exactly. And you're on the flight with all these work people because everybody's basically taking the same flight, San Diego to New York. So you've got to kind of be a little bit of a better version than yourself, you know, because you're kind of like around work people. And so, like, you know, I mean, listen, Henry was an MVP on that flight. Both flights, mind you, he didn't really fuss that much. He was awesome. Sydney and I were very proud of him. We gave him a lot of compliments, uh, most of which he doesn't understand. But um, we learned a lot, a lot of things I can pass along to you at some point once you guys have a child. Um, less snacks, more blankets and pillows would be probably the first thing we brought, about 800 snacks, unnecessary. But um, all in all, uh, got home. But So I get home, at, like I probably pulled in the driveway at 1 a.m., you know, again, with a two-year-old and, and Cindy and I are pretty exhausted. And last night, I am just toast yesterday, like just so tired on Monday, been a long week. And I kept telling myself, I'm going to stay up. I'm going to stay up. I'm going to stay up. And I stayed up for the whole Suns game. Thank God I did, because that was as exciting to finish as I can remember. <laughs> yeah. Now, there was also a lot of replay. So uh, can I ask you this? And I know it's been a long time going back to when this happened. But it, would it just be better with no replay and we just basically say human error is human error? Or, or is replay better? Every sport, I feel like, without replay is actually better in a way. Um, I I guess I guess you know 2020 hindsight but I I appreciate the flow of the game more than I do like it being perfectly accurate. Agree. We're going to argue totally about agree. anyway. So like we could just argue about it. Uh my biggest beef is in baseball like when the guy slides and maybe the the you know second baseman misses the tag by like a millimeter or whatever but he was there way 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 before and it's kind of like it's kind of like the old rule with um, there's used to be like a, one of those unwritten rules of baseball. But when they're turning uh, a double play and like the shortstop comes running over, he didn't really ever have to, quote unquote, like touch second. base. Right, right. It was really just like to drag your foot and throw. <laughs> and now, like all of that's gone out the window. And like, I guess the point is, is like, we, you know, you, you're out, man. Like you're way late. You know, you, you, you know, unless you do some cool spin move where it's obvious you, you're a swim mover, it's obvious you you made it to the bag first. like. You should be out, like whatever. And um, you can argue that so you're blue in the face, I guess, both sides. But um, it's just slowing down too much, and it's becoming absurd. And I like human error is going to happen anyways because the other problem is is there's you know uh, times where you can't challenge things in certain sports that are so like, obvious. Or, or there's things right. you can't challenge. So it's like what if we're going to have human error? Let's have it all across the board, I guess. And I'm with you. I think. It sounds like such a great idea, and it's just it's just not, uh, in my opinion. I mean, it, it's I guess it's the, it might be the lesser two evils, or maybe it's just slightly the greater of two evils. So I guess we're splitting hairs doing this now, but I just really think it slows down the games. And I mean, shoot, even if you're at uh, an arena, not that you know I go to like that many sport events, but if you're there, you don't even get to watch the replay really, <laughs> unless you have a great view of the jumbotron and can see it. So it's like you don't even really know what's happening. You're just like, you're like texting your buddies. You're going on Twitter trying to figure out what the, what the call is. And, 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 you know, if, if it looks viable that they were wrong, you know, it's just like, I don't know. The flow of the game is, you know, in a sport like golf, that is slow, but it does kind of continue moving. Um, like I, you know, when you get the long rules officials over, like that doesn't happen very much. So like, I just feel like it does keep progressing. And in basketball, especially it's like those last two minutes, you replay everything and then you review everything. We've got to make sure this is perfect. And that is perfect. And it's, 
It's like I don't know if it's I don't know if it's the way we should be going, but we're we're here now, and I think it's probably here to stay. <laughs> I know. I, I don't think we're going to take steps back, but I sure wish we would. I, I you know I. Somebody last night, I don't remember who it was, wrote on Twitter. I think I sent it to you guys. They said, uh, I love watching my favorite sport from a small screen I can't see, you know, basically the replay screen. <laughs> yeah. And, um, I mean, I just feel like that's what it's kind of turned into. And it's it's an easy thing to pile on right now, but it's just I never enjoy it. I don't enjoy it during the regular season. And football, I don't enjoy – I'm okay if half of his foot was out of bounds and they called it in. It's like that's fine with me. It doesn't bother me. Tennis, I mean, slow down, watch the replay there. Well, I don't know. The the there's a Giannis play last week where he uh caught it deep uh or put back or something and like they it was on every highlight reel going. He like dunks it, whatever, it was a cool play. And when you watch it again, he's like, Oh man, he traveled real bad. <laughs> like he took <laughs> he tried to do a drop step and when he did it he missed the guy. So he took two more steps, his pivot foot kind of came up and he dunked and it's this cool play and I'm watching it over and over and over again, but I'm like, can't stop looking at, oh, you traveled. So now we're almost like glorifying this play, knowing that we have, you know, reviews and replay. And it's like, well, you can't, you know, review that. So we're just going to, you know, praise this play that was against the rules. (laughs) It's like, what are we doing? What are we doing? Seems to be the question. Uh, We are seven minutes into the podcast and haven't talked about golf yet. So we should probably eventually get to that. Uh, U.S. Open last week. uh, Torrey Pines, John Rahm won. Um, I, I gotta say one of my favorite tweets of the week is I, I gave somebody, I think it was Mackenzie Hughes had played, uh, like 11, 12, 13, incredibly well through the first three rounds. And, and you, you respond that at me, uh, at me next time. Uh, those were my holes on featured hole coverage. Max, one of the hardest parts of my job is when I'm calling golf and you're involved. Cause I don't know to be like, do I, am I like super professional, which feels like the play but then I'm kind of losing like maybe an edge I have um, you get, you come to that stretch on Friday and you're playing out of your mind. Like one of the, the great rounds on the day. And that's the hardest stretch on the golf course. And, uh, and you get to 13 and, and here's my first hot tape take of the week, Max 13. I watched most of the golf played on that par five this week. And it's one of my least favorite major championship holes I've ever watched. How different is 13 this past week than what it plays like during the farmer's because it doesn't ever feel like it's an issue during the farmers. So I think it is. Um, now we did use the very, very, so they added a T a couple years ago, maybe more. And it's, it's way further back, but then right. there's another T that's right behind that T, you know, like 15 more yards. It's not, it's nothing. It's almost like one long T box. So we use the very, very back T both days I played. And I know they moved it up. I, was, I had lunch with Mackenzie Hughes today and he was telling me uh, about, you know, Sunday and, he said they moved that tee up a bit and um, he thought it was much better. And I, I played there a couple years ago, maybe, or maybe I was, we were there and I was either, ta- I think I was talking to Phil Mickelson about it. And I was just pointing out that how much I hate the back tee, like any of the, like, I, I think it should be reachable for the, in, as you know, as much as the field as possible. Obviously there's always going to be guys that, that can't get there. And that, that's okay. I mean, you'd rather everybody, but I mean, I wanted to play more like 18 with a little bit of longer club in. So in the farmers, I think uh, this year, maybe the year prior, like it was up far enough where if I hit a really good drive and like, I'm a little bit above average in length, I could get like a three iron in some of the longer guys were probably hitting four or five. And then, you know, three wood or, or, or hybrid maybe like for the, for the rest of the field. 
then you add this and, and I think I was talking to Phil and I was like, hey man, like this back tee's awful. In 08, Tiger and Westwood had a chance to go for the green because it was shorter and they both snipe hooked it into the shit on the left. And it caused a bunch of drama because it gave Rock in my opinion, it gave Rocco a chance all of a sudden. Right. He not saying he was dead, but like Tiger Tiger Woods in the height of his career, and, and I would imagine even if he was able to play now. If that hole's not reachable, that guy does not make bogey on that hole ever. He is too good at that stuff. Yet all of a sudden you have this chance, like mm, maybe I can get it there. And he he you know he took took it on and hooked it. And I like it when you can get it there in two. The problem is this back back tee. The one percent, two percent of the PJ Tour can fly the left bunkers. So my fairway feels very small. Xander, who is by the way absolutely freaking bombing it right now. Is is able to fly that bunker like longer than before, dude? It's he's hitting it the furthest I've ever seen him hit it. He's driving it really straight. So he pulled it a little that day, the first day at least on Thursday, and it flies the bunker and he ends up getting there in two. Awesome two shots. Like I'm not discrediting that at all. I pull my uh, or not, I pull my tee shot a little bit and it came out a little low, but I smashed it, but it did not fly the bunker. So now I lay up with a pitching wedge out of the bunker. And I'm nine iron in. Um, all good, whatever. Like I don't like, but I'm just saying I don't like the hole because then on Friday I can't really fly the bunker. Joe tells me to try to smash it to get it over it. I block a little. It's in the right rough, totally fine. I'm right next to Xander. Phil flew the bunker on the left and and you know was able to kind of get it up uh, by the green. Um, however, now all of a sudden, like when you use that back tee, you have like 75% of the field, I would guess, can't get there in two. So now you're just playing a layup game and it's a blind layup. It's the worst layup of the year, in my opinion, on par fives. Like you can't see anything. It banks way to the left. Like there's no, it's dumb. And then if you miss that fairway, which you should hit, but when you miss like a blind fairway, it's always, it always just feels like, come on. Like, you know, like we don't miss fairways from with, you know, 20 yards of fairway with a layup. Yeah. You're hitting so what I you, what you lay up with? Like, a, did you lay up with like seven an eight iron. Or seven iron? Yeah, exactly. You're, you're not missing a seven iron 30 yards. Yeah, you're not going to miss it. Now, I get it. Like, it makes it harder, but is that the way we want to make it harder? Whatever. It causes entertainment, but I just think that it's so much more entertaining when you can get there because the second shot is hard, and it really matters where you leave it. Like, it completely matters where you leave it. You can still make bogeys from that back bunker even if you got there in two, I bet. Like, if you get on the downslope, it becomes hard to hit the green. So I just don't – I do not understand. Now, again, on Sunday, Max said that they – uh, moved it up so it was you know made it reachable so I, I like that so much more because I just think that that you know Rory hit two great shots and 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 you know hits a five wood or whatever onto the green it looks easy and Bryson misses the fairway twice and it looks impossible and that's kind of what I did I just don't I don't I don't get I don't get it I don't I think that course has this ninth hole is shouldn't be reachable unless you are someone who's super long maybe but that hole is dead straight 600 yards and it should just be like can you hit two to three good shots around the, you know, uh, uh, um, and keep it in the fairway. And there is, you know, McKenzie actually made a great point. They shaved the back of that ninth green. So I'll even say that one now should be reachable because you want people to get back there and we're never going to hit it back there with a, with a wedge really. Like it's going to happen once in a blue moon. Right. So it's like, if you're going to make that change of the course, you need to make that whole reachable, which he said that he, he said they did on Sunday, which is cool. And then obviously 13, but I just don't, I just don't like that hole because, of what I know it it can play like when you can get there. I think it's just a hundred times better. It's not easy. It's, it's, it's even as like a five, 
50 par five. It's still demanding. It's still an awkward tee shot, but the way it's laid out right now, when it's all the way back, it either favors the mega mega bomber or it just puts too much emphasis on, you know, for the shorter guys. And like, you know, even like in my like ballpark, like I'm kind of aiming at the right rough. Cause I can't, when I hit in that bunker, I'm laying up with a pitching wedge. Like now I have this awkward nine iron off a down slope. And it's like, man, what are we, this is so, it just feels dumb. It didn't feel like you got rewarded. That that was my biggest takeaway. I mean, like I said, I've watched, I watched, you know, most of the golf played through that, that hole all week long on Saturday. Kepka got it on the green in two. It took basically landed into that grass lip on the right to shoot it up, to have it soft enough to land. I think this might've been on Friday. Correct me if I'm wrong here on Phil Mickelson, but Phil had a good tee shot. I think he ripped like hybrid at the green. It came up about two yards yeah. short of being perfect and rolls all the way back down where all the layups are. And then you're playing the, am I going to be in a divot or not game, which seems like way too much uh, luck involved in terms of what you want out of a par five. We saw what happened with Bryson when his rolled back down into a divot. And then I think he made six or seven there. And then on Sunday, you know, Rory hits it on the green and he landed. I mean, I, I'm telling you the area to land that on, yeah, so that you small. could get it and play was like three by three. I mean, I'm watching good golf shots go back 70 yards. And that, that was my biggest issue with the max was that I never saw anybody rewarded there. You know, it was either you got lucky and then maybe you can make five and you'll have a 10 footer for four, or you just got absolutely dikembe'd. And we saw it throughout the week. Any golf shot that was even remotely close to that slope comes back down. And, uh, and I mean, it, you know, it, I mean, it, it ruined Morikawa's chances. Bryson was ejected there. And, you know, I mean, there, Morikawa played the whole bad, but it, it didn't really seem like anybody could make three. That was my problem is I feel like late in a U.S. Open, you've got two par fives, which is very unique on the second nine of a U.S. Open golf course. When we played at no eight, one of the moments of the whole championship was Tiger making eagle there, you know, and I, and yeah. I just didn't feel like that was an option for any of you guys. If only a handful of people can get there in two, it's not on a, on a hole that looks like it should, like I said, if nine, nine doesn't look like it should be um, available to get two and two. So if you get two up there, then like, you're, you know, you're just Hercules, right? But 13 looks like, and from past experience, that's where a lot of tournaments have, have turned with an Eagle or something on that hole. If, if, if way less than half the field can even get there in two with two good pokes, then it should never be that far back. Cause it's not, it's not a green that was really like, it's not a hole that's very fun to watch the layup than the, than the third shot. It's a hole that's pretty fun to watch the second shot if you have half a chance of hitting the green. But when you can't really get it there, it's just like, what? I, I just don't understand it. Then it makes the tee shot kind of irrelevant. Right. And it makes the layup like way too heightened for a bad layup hole, in my opinion. It's, 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 Joe and I always talk about, we hate blind shots, but we really hate blind layups. It just, it feels cheesy in a way it feels like it feels like a weak way to make a a hole harder interesting i i uh, like morikawa kind of whiffed his tee shot on sunday i know you're watching but he kind of whiffed his tee shot I, I don't know if if uh there was so much going on i don't know if it was if it was kind of seen i know obviously we had it on featured holes but you know he had 318 and left in and <laughs> i was thinking to myself I, I'm, I'm working with trevor Rimmelman. And I'm thinking to myself, this is probably a good thing that he whiffed it because it's an auto layup. And then, of course, he pulls three wood. I don't really know where he was trying to go with it, but he pulls three wood from 318 in. And I'm assuming he's trying to run it up as far as he can. But the problem is that that slope brings it back. But, yeah, I, well, here's what's funny, too. And, and I'd like your thoughts on this as, as a player. There are holes sometimes that 
that like when I watch Grand Slam tennis, especially late into a Grand Slam, and there's a guy like a Djokovic or, you know, in the doll or whomever at the net and a ball clips the net. It's like they forget how to play tennis because they're so used to knowing exactly where the ball is going to be, exactly where it's going to hit on the racket. And it's like it'll barely clip the net. And, you know, they kind of flail their arms and they don't know how to hit the shot. And that hole to me, it was like every professional golfer had no idea what to do. And when that's the case, it seems confusing. Now, that is us bagging on Tory one hole. So I'll give you a chance to kind of speak on the golf course as a whole in general. How was it? Because obviously there were people that liked to bag on Tory. There were people that were defending Tory as a U.S. Open golf course. Kind of what was your thoughts early in the week, throughout the week, as you watched it on Sunday? Kind of, kind of what were your thoughts on it as a championship course? Yeah, so I, I've thought about, a lot about this this weekend watching. I get, I love Tory Pines, um, but granted, I, I only play there in like competition. So I was trying to understand, and, and I do understand, like the architect junkies, um, rightfully so, like, I guess with what they've been given on that piece of property, it, it could be a better golf course, a better layout. I do think that it becomes super um, redundant. A lot of the holes feel the same, you know, like uh, if you, know, you get four downwind and it was playing really easy, but then you get five into the wind. It's playing really hard. I've played it the opposite more of my career and five feels quite easy, but four feels like a nightmare. And so I get it. Like a lot of the holes feel the same. However, I learned this from like DJ pie and the no laying up guys. And, and I use them just as an example because um, they also are people who don't love the golf course and whatever. That's, that's fine. Um, but they talk about professional golf being an entertainment product and we are just supposed to entertain. And what I will say about at Torrey Pines, I think totally because of the finish and like 80% because of how good 18 is, how fun 18 is, it will always be entertaining. Literally anything can happen with like five holes to go as we saw. I mean, Bryson didn't even sniff winning and, I thought he was the odds on favorite with, you know, nine holes to go. He's not him. He's on 10 T leading the, leading the U S open, you know, with, with what, nine, yeah. with eight holes to play or whatever. So at what point do we, do we look at the golf course and think, man, yeah, it's an entertainment product. And this golf course does that. Like it, it doesn't allow people to separate really too often because again, it is kind of redundant and you're going to make bogeys and you're not going to make a ton of birdies. So it's like, it's hard to run but it's going to give you the exciting finish. I get that, you know, Thursday through Saturday then wouldn't be insanely exciting. Maybe Saturday a bit more. Cause you know, so much jockeying at the end of a round is, is quite fun going into Sunday. So I get, I get that, but the end, like the climax of the tournament will almost always be super cool. And like, so I give it that. Um, I thought I, I like the course because I think it is challenging. I think it challenges most of your game. Um, I don't love all the long rough right around the, greens um just because i like was kind of noticing that you know i you know i uh if, if you hit the fairway or you hit the first cutter you have a good lie in the rough or something and you could with how firm it was and you could run it up you, you're better off just smashing it at the middle of the green and just going just long because it's not going to run um and then chipping your way because the thing is, is if you had a bad lie in the rough you had to lay up and it felt like it was almost a whole shot penalty to have a bad lie versus a good lie it's a municipal golf course so the rough is not uniform um so that that's more where i see it like if it was everybody's missing the fairways are going to have a hard time getting the green then i'd be a little bit more down with it but at this point it was kind of like get lucky in the rough and then you could get it up by the green and not really worry where it goes because it just can't get away from you um so that that's a bit of something I, I would like to change. But other than that, like it, it just challenges your, 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 
your bunker game has to be good because there's a lot of bunkers. You have to drive the ball well. You're, you're, it is the, probably the most mid to long irons we hit for a, a whole week, you know, like it, that's pretty cool. Right. It's got like the 11th hole I think is awesome. I mean, it's really demanding. It's got a lot of hard. It's got a couple easy. And um, I, I think that's great. I think you do need to, especially when it's firm, you need to work the ball into the greens, which is fun. There's slope in the greens. It's hard to put Poana. So I like all of that. I think there's obviously in most any course I played, you could tweak some things. I think the biggest beef people have with Tory at a, at a major with its redundancy is that we also, I do think there is a mystique of playing major championships Definitely where the golf agree. course is different every yep. year other than Augusta. So I think the problem is, is we see this course. So it's like, we know it. And it's like, I kind of like learning the course, not knowing that 11 or 13 is coming and it's going to be wonky. Like I, I feel like we've maybe been on it too much. So like, I don't know, maybe, maybe that's part of it. I, I, but Again, I like the golf course. Again, you you, you pick little things apart, but I, I think it's overall overall good. It, it does what it's supposed to in a, in a championship or or a tournament. Like it is, it is challenging the players and it is rewarding the best players that week. And um, again, if it's if that's what we're going off of for like, uh, you know, as the saying goes, the entertainment product, then I think it, it does a great great job. I'm with you on a lot of the holes. I heard and listened to a lot of podcasts throughout the week. I mean, I was consuming shotgun start, no laying up pretty much every evening. And I I think one thing everybody could do is maybe wait until Saturday evening for their takes because golf's on all Thursday, all Friday for hours on hours on hours on end. And at times the golf can be boring because you don't have either guys playing well or the players you're hoping to watch out there. You don't have the leaders out there because obviously that's not going to happen until Saturday and Sunday. It feels like every major that we're not in love with early on is only going to get better as the week goes on, you know, because it's going to be more exciting as we get closer to Saturday and Sunday. I, I really struggle max with, does the golf course have to be awesome, you know, for a major to be awesome? Because I, I don't think those two things uh, need to align. I mean, I think you can have an okay golf course and have an awesome major championship and still think the golf course could improve. I'm with you. Like 11 is great. It reminds me of, of 17 at Bay Hill in a way it's like a long iron and you've got to hit a good shot. And at times a good shot's 30 feet. You know, it's not a, it's not, you're not going to hit it to two feet, you know, and, and that, and that's kind of part of that U S open taking your medicine part of it. But the, the finish is fun. 16's hard. You got to get up there and hit a shot. 17 you can make a birdie but you can make five 18 is 18 like that's what you want yeah i think 17 is like the sneaky best hole i yeah. think that is what that is what the golf course um could have more of i guess but i also do think that that is available on a lot of holes and it shows itself on 17 probably best that like it is a demanding tee shot and if you bail, you will have a hard time making par almost every time. But if you hit a good one, you really will have a good look at birdie because it's not a particularly hard second shot. Um, they have enough of those holes. They have a, like a good amount of those holes. Like Again, if, if when five is downwind, that's how it feels. Um, this week when four was downwind, that's how it felt. Um, so I, I think it has a lot of that. It's just Again, there's a lot of there's a lot of 440 yard par fours that right. look kind of similar. So I think that doesn't that doesn't help its case. Yeah, it, it, it you do drive around at times and you're kind of thinking to yourself, I don't, I, I think this is seven, I think this is eleven, yeah, exactly. I think this is fourteen. Like I'm not a hundred percent sure. Um, I do run into that a little bit more than I do at some other uh, U.S. Open or, or major championship golf courses. But 
in terms of the view and the clothes and entertainment, you know, it's done its job. I mean, it's been two extremely entertaining U.S. Opens, and and if you go two for two, you're going to get a third. I think that's that's pretty simple formula. Hey, how you were talking about Xander's distance. What's Phil hitting it like in terms of distance right now at 51? Really far that two Woody hits or whatever. Yeah. A couple that got out there past my driver. I would say that when he hit his cut, I got my driver considerably past his two wood. Um, his driver though is really far. He had a couple, they, they were way in front of me on a few holes. Although I will say I didn't, I didn't, I drove it well accuracy wise first day. I didn't hit it out of the middle all the time, but the second day I drove it really well. And I like, I kind of kept up with them on like 15, but he hits these, his carry is really long. Like his carry is, is probably somewhat similar to where Xander's carries there. Xander's comes out a bit flatter. So I felt like when his was hitting the ground, it was just going. Okay. So he's kind of getting the double benefit of that. But Phil is Phil is um, Phil is smashing it, uh, and and it's it, it's it, it is wildly impressive. But I, you know, when when he was playing the driver, the actual driver, he was swinging at it real hard. When he does the two wood, <laughs> he's definitely coasting on it a lot more. I think that's why, you know, he's kind of using it because it, 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 he tones it back a shade, and it was it was impressive. I mean, I don't think he hit it amazing the two days we played but you know when you add in his short game and his putting and all that like i mean he's he's it's just hard for him to make a lot of bogeys which is you know that's that's like really fun to watch and learn from from phil but speaking of xander um dude like that that kid is so freaking good i wish people understood i did a dumb thing and like you know kind of was reading comments about him about you know, how he doesn't close or whatever. And it's just like, it's, it's kind of tough because Rom hadn't closed either. I know he's a little younger, but he's been out here longer. And it's like, I just wish, again, I wish just people were a little more patient. I know that's like not, um, that's not going to happen, but he is good at every part of the game of golf. And by good, I mean like really, really good. Exceptional. Yeah. Like top 20 at everything. Yeah. So it's just, I, 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 played with them and Lacey even pointed out we like I, I I would say that on Friday I played the best in my group Tita Green um and I would say Phil was maybe him and Xander kind of seemed like they played kind of similar as a little bit more sloppy than Xander I played the first day maybe uh Phil being Phil shot 69 you know played this great golf but he felt like he made a lot of pot and he just felt like he did a lot of things that like held it together and and Lacey made this point after because she was kind of trying to hype me up and talk to me about how it looked like I was playing, you know, really well compared to like you know two guys that are obviously amazing. Right. And and then I was like, you know, Xander shot even today, and she goes, yeah. She's like, I just I can't believe how like easy he makes it look because it didn't seem like he was doing anything, <laughs> and he's he shot even, you know. It's just like, man, the kid is just I I, I I'm I'm a obviously bias I'm, I'm a friend is and and i'm a huge fan of his but like there will be a time in my opinion where he's going to win one of these things and he's going to be the guy similar to rom where it's like man it could get scary for a bit like of how many he might be able to win um and i'm talking majors or pj tour events you know like both i i, I don't like when people you know say oh this guy's going to rattle off three four majors i think that's really hard to do dustin's one too and he's especially as now as a golfer as anybody <laughs> right. especially now but there is he he's that guy he's like man uh when when he starts clo- like winning these things i think you know especially just in right the regular pj tour events it could start coming multiple times a year uh and you wouldn't even be shocked at when he when he does it because it's just it looks like so simple so 
I just wanted to give him a shout out. He's really good. But also speaking on Rom, I mean, we've talked about it on this podcast enough times, but like, he's just, inc- he's incredible. Like he's just truly is incredible. It, it's amazing. He hasn't won more. And that sounds silly. Cause you know, he's only 26 and he's won plenty, but I mean, the guy is good at, I mean, he's just, he's, he's just like Xander in that way. Just really good at a- absolutely every part of golf and he smashes it too. And it's just, when he gets in that zone, like he was at Tory, it is, it's just, it does feel kind of like, you know, how does this, how will this guy even mess up? Like he just has, he has it all. He he did the thing on 16 that I've talked about on this. He played the cut, like, you know, all day. And then he gets on 16 and hits like the tightest, prettiest draw I've ever seen right to the middle of the green. And you're like, man, like, <laughs> it shouldn't be that easy. Right. This, this is when it's supposed to be nerve wracking. Um, yeah. uh, you, you had a, you had a, a line one time you were talking about, uh, you know, people that miss cuts by one shot. And you said, you know, if you do it a lot, it's not a coincidence. What we haven't seen a lot of lately is kind of the go out and get it wins and majors, you know, the, the tiger like yeah. putts and the moments. And I got a birdie here, or I got a birdie the last two. It just doesn't seem like it, you know, it goes back to that whole thing on Saturdays where people always go, you know, if Rory shoots 63 and you go, well, yeah, but like, that never happens. Like ever, it never happens. It's not like it never happens, but once a year, it like has happened once in the history of major championship golf, you know, to birdie 17 and 18. I mean, to do that, to do that deep dive into the players that have done it. And it's Nicholas Hogan, Tom Watson, and now John Rahm to do it in a U.S. open like that never, ever happens. And for him to make those two putts, it's more, I, I want your thoughts on this, but it's more than a, it's more than a good read and a good putt, right? It's, you it's something internal to be able to find a way to make those two putts in those moments. And I feel like we've kind of known Rom was that guy for a while. And to finally see it in one of these was pretty cool to, to witness. Cause it's such a rare thing to do. Yeah. I mean, what I was always impressed by with tiger is okay. So if you look at a match play event where you get to see a lot more, when somebody has like 18 feet to continue the match, they almost always run it like, 10 feet by right this, right because it's like don't leave it short tiger's putts always had great speed and and I, I i might be lying here but either i read about it in a book or or i heard in an interview but he talked about how he you know treated all the putts kind of like the same maybe adjusted the read a little bit to give it a little more pop but he was hitting the putts very similar speed and and that takes two things that takes confidence in yourself knowing that you're still going to hit a good putt and you're not going to worry about it being short or something. And second, it takes a lot of nerve because to hit putts with great speed under a lot of pressure, that's, you know, that's tough. Like it, it's easy to kind of wave at it or, or hammer it just out of a pure, you know, flinchy kind of like nervous, your hands are shaking type type thing. Rom's two putts he made required perfect speed. Perfect. <laughs> like, perfect. Perfect. And he did it. And I think, again, I think it shows you both those things. I think, he showed that he understood in that moment he was just going to hit two good putts, and and so be it if it doesn't go in. And second, I think he showed how much his his nerve is in check under under the gun. And I, obviously, I mean, he's just that dude. He's just he's just a baller. I like he's just that dude because I think that's kind of what we're seeing from him. And I and I mean, I I do everybody pump the brakes on to, and you just said it about Xander. Everybody pump the brakes on. He's going to win five majors. I mean, nobody's done that yet in this basically in this generation. So uh, it's very easy to get excited about that. I mean, when Rory started winning majors, we thought he was going to win 10. You know, when Sergio lost to Tiger in 99, we thought he'd win 10. It's going to be very hard to win three. So 
as impressive as that was, you know, I mean, we could see John Rom go three, four, five years without another major. I, I would say, I think we probably both think it'll happen sooner than that, but I think we see moments now in sport and especially in golf. And we think it's going to predict the future as opposed to appreciating the present. And yeah. this was an unbelievable present moment. He was great this week at a course he loves in a city. He calls his favorite city in the world. I loved his press conference, Max, on on Tuesday or Wednesday, whenever it was. I thought he had an unbelievable attitude. It just, you know, we talk so much about people. He bring up his attitude all the time. And you made it a point on this podcast a lot. It's like, who cares what he does? He's one of the best top three ranked players in the world. Now, obviously, he's number one in the world. But I just thought, you know, like a sense of humor about it, uh, about everything that will happen at the memorial and defending the PGA Tour. It just seemed like he was like, I'm kind of fine with what happened, you know? And I, I thought that was a, a cool thing to hear and then obviously to see kind of what happened over the weekend and then the win on sunday was great at bed 365 we don't do ordinary we believe that every sport should be epic every home run every hit every inning every play from the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar see for yourself when you sign up today and get 150 dollars in bonus bets when you bet just five dollars Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. As a nostalgic voice from your past, I'm here to remind you that amongst the stressful and chaotic existence we live in 2024, you deserve to get away. It's time for a vacation, no matter when you're hearing this. And let me tell you how you'll get there. The 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe. Want to bring the family to the mountains with the Santa Fe's available H-Track all-wheel drive? Well, it's got standard third-row seating and available dual wireless charging pads for the kids who just want to stare at their phone and not talk to you. You know what I mean. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This is Colin Coward from The Herd with Colin Cowherd. Angie's list is now Angie, the nation's largest home service marketplace. They're here to help homeowners get all their jobs done well. Angie has helped over 150 million homeowners care for their homes. Whatever your home project, big, small, indoor, outdoor, come to Angie to connect with and hire skilled pros to get the job done well. Listen, I've got a couple of things in a bathroom in my house. Got to get it fixed. I don't have time, and I'm not good at it. Angie is. With just a few taps on the app, you can have Angie tackle your home service project start to finish. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it easy to research, compare, and hire pros to ensure a job done well. With 29 years of experience combined with new digital tools to simplify the process, Angie makes completing home projects really easy. It's your one-stop shop. Angie can help you find the best price for your project by comparing quotes from multiple pros in just a few taps or book services at an upfront price based on local data. They get the difficulties that can come with home projects. They get it. Why not make it as simple as possible? Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com or download the app today. Louis, my pick before the week, I, I always say it's my pick that's not my podcast co-host. I had Louis as kind of my pick. <laughs> um, golly, Max, he was he, he was right there, dude. You know, I mean, he got beat. You know, John Rom beat him. But 
he was right there. And then he gets on 18 and he's got to make Eagle and he hits it in the rough. I wanted to ask you from somebody that obviously is out there playing that golf course. Is there any way to get that on the green from the left rough? Like he was in. So I thought about this a lot too. Uh, just trying to use like personal experience. I don't have nearly like, uh, I don't have a, a, a wide range of it, but like last year in Minnesota at the three M I hit a bad drive and I had this shot on, off on 18, on 18, three wood on 18 yep. and I needed Eagle to tie and, or to potentially tie. And I remember thinking like, you got to go for this. Like, this is your best, like th- this is your best bet. And then we sat there and thought about it and it just was like, man, like this isn't one in 10. This is one in 50. Like it feels like a one in a hundred to one in a thousand type shot that gets, on the green and with the chance or around the green with the chance to make Eagle. And, you know, the other, you know, 99 or 999 uh, attempts go in the water. And now you literally have no chance and I'm all for taking a whale at it. And I'm all for like going down and and winning is the only thing that matters. I, I totally get that. But there is a part of this where you, you need to play the percentages, not of making birdie or not of not messing up. It's, player percentages of what is the best way to make Eagle here? Is it, right. is it to run this thing up and hopefully miss the water or is it to make a 70 yard wedge shot? And I know that sounds crazy to people, but like, dude, like I, I have a, I have a pretty good chance in the realm of, of golf to make a 70 yard wedge shot. I have very little chance. And he had very, 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 very little chance of that ball running up and not only going into a spot where he could make Eagle, but not going in the water. Like the fairway slopes right to left. It's coming out of the rough. So now you're just assuming he's going to hit it dead nuts straight out of that lie. <laughs> it has to come out perfect, literally perfect just to miss the water and miss the right rough. And then it has to be the right way to hit the green. And even if he misses the green, like the best place to leave, it would have been the upslope of that right bunker where Rom was in, but we saw Rom's ball rolled onto the downslope and he couldn't even aim at the pin. So it's like, you, 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 they, they did a good job. You could hear them talking him and his caddy and he, he kept telling his caddy he's, and you could tell he wanted to go for it. But he's like, dude, this ball goes in the water. Like every time, like, right. so now what do I do? I'd rather try to make a 70 yard wedge shot like that. You, you have a chance from there. I mean, we've seen it. Zach Johnson did it against Tiger at, at the Sherwood event. Um, and, and like you see JT it here in Mexico like, city, you know, I mean, JT, JT made it, it. like yep. you have to just give yourself a chance. Now, if it was like, obviously a good lie and, whatnot i think he takes it on and if he doesn't then i think it's a different conversation then it's like ah it kind of feels more protective than it was like let's win this thing but in this case dude like (sighs) that shot is a joke like i wish they would have kind of showed a little bit better how small the run-up is like and and you know your penalty for missing the run-up no one plays the run-up shot to that green you play the long one that like flies to the front half and hopefully stops and if not runs the back edge or maybe you have a chance to chip it in this was not that case. This was, hey, this ball's going in the water like almost every time. And and I, I, I can't really do anything to protect that. And if I bail on it and go right, it's not like I have any easier chance with a 50-yard wedge shot from the rough to make it. I'd rather have a number. And it's like it sucks, you know, but that that's golf. When you have to make an eagle, it's, you can't just force it. Like that's not how it works. You got you to gotta still play somewhat percentage. And I thought he did. And you could tell it bothered him that he had to lay up, but he was being honest. Okay. He's like, every time I hit this ball, I'm just like, it's going to run left into the water. And like, I, 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 now it's over. So it's like, let's get up there and, and try. I don't think he was playing for the second place. I don't think he was protecting anything. I, I just think he just had no freaking chance of that working out unless you get like 
five of the best bounces in the world. Now, here was the thing. I wrote this on Twitter, and I, I again, I mean, I'm not standing back there, you know, in the fairway looking at it, but could he have hit kind of a knuckler into the greenside bunker and then had a chance to hold that? And, and the, you, you mentioned the yeah, ROM shot. Yeah, that would have been my best bet. Yeah, I just don't think the lie was good enough to gotcha. know that was going to go. Because that's the thing is you needed that ball for him to make eagle. He would have needed that ball in, like, the left side of that bunker. As you saw, like, ROM got a pretty shitty bounce. It landed it, like, on grass and kicked right, yep. Yeah, and it was like, oh, man, like, because now you're in a, like, a legitimately bad spot. Um, So, yeah, like, you could have, he could have aimed at the bunker. The, the problem is, is then, is it still can come out a little left, and then it runs into the water. Right, 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 right. And then also, it could come, if it comes out right, now you're you done. are pretty <laughs> short-sighted with, like, a 30-yard rough, like, a, a shot of the U.S. from rough. So, it's like. Again, like I just think it, it, he would have the same chance of going for the green, I guess, as that bunker. So it's just like it's hard. It's really gotcha. hard to say. Like it, it's just I, again, I, I think overall your best bet there, and this is how you have to play golf. Your best bet to make eagle was to make the wedge, and I think he just played it right. It's just you know we're we're so used to people being gung ho and going for it, whatever. But it's like man, sometimes the, your your only play to make eagle is actually to make a wedge shot. It's like that was that case. It was a, it was a, it was a fun week. I mean, it, you know, I, I, like I said, I thought it was a very entertaining weekend and that's all we wanted these major championships. So, I mean, it came down to it. There was about 50 people. It seemed like on Sunday that had a chance to win. I was convinced. Awesome. I think I was convinced four different names were going to win it at one point. I thought Kepka was going to post five. I thought that was going to be tough to catch. Then I thought Harris English had a really good chance at three, you know, before kind of Rom went on that crazy run. Uh, then I thought Louie was going to win. It's just like, who was going to win it? And I, I just kept going through the names after names. And obviously it landed at Rom, who seemed like the guy that should have been. And also I'll say this last thing on it. It seemed like Rom had about his B plus game, which is probably scary. Like it didn't seem like he played eight plus golf the whole week, you know, and still was able to win that U S open. So, you know, I think that's a, that's a kind of a, a nod to, to his abilities is that maybe he didn't have it the whole week and was still able to pull that out, which is pretty impressive. Um, I, I want to ask you about Green's books and this whole banning them. And it looks like it's going to happen. And, uh, and, and what is kind of the consensus or what are the thoughts around the tour about them? Like, what are the players saying? Is there an excitement about this? Are there people that are really bummed about it? Uh, mostly every player I've talked to, I don't actually, I'll say every player I've talked to is excited about it. I don't think anybody, every player. Wow. This is a, every player I've talked to. So okay. that's, that's not a ton, but everyone I've talked to um, is excited about it. I don't, I, I think everyone's pretty set on like, there's not really, it doesn't seem like a, a, a aspect, like a skill of golf to be able to have that book. Um, and yeah, so I, I'm glad, I'm personally glad they're going away. I, do I you use your, we do you use, use one? Them? Yeah. Joe uses a lot more than I do. It like confirms read. We had one at uh, Tampa where I thought it was going a little to the right. Joe thought it was going a little to the left. And when we looked at the book, it was dead straight. And I made it 20 feet or so. And he told me, he goes, I'm never not buying this again. Cause that just <laughs> literally made us a whole stroke. And at the end of the day, you know, get six, that would have been ninth. And that's, you know, a ton of money. So yeah. it's like what, you know, I, I but it, it's, it's dumb. It should be a skill in my opinion. And, and this is just too, the problem is, is I, I don't know how you control the rules. I don't really get it. Cause I guess technically speaking, people could still go back through and look at the pins the next day and kind of somewhat chart it in their mind or, or whatever in their notes. I don't get all the rules to it, but in general, I think it's a step in the right direction. I don't, I don't think golf should be all math. Um, when it comes to putting, I think there should be some art to it. 
Uh, and uh, you know, I just think, you know, you can make it as math as you can, you know, like aim point or whatever. Like, I think all that's fine, but you should have to go do that. You shouldn't just get to pace off. You have nine feet from the front and a pace to the left means it's a 2% slope and it's uphill a percent. So we're going to play it a ball out. Like I do feel like at least you should have to, you know, straddle the line and feel it with your feet as people have practiced before the greens books were super popular. And I, I think that that would be one thing, but um, you know, it's not, it's not a major deal. I don't think it's making anybody like significantly better, but I just think that it, it just doesn't feel right. It feels kind of dirty. I mean, I, I, I think that seems to be the consensus. I think that's why people are fired up about it. You know, it's just, uh, it, it, it's going to, first of all, you lose the visuals of the pulling out the book and just staring at the book on the greens, which is just, I mean, again, I always think about what is somebody thinking that's not a golfer that turns the golf on. And if they see that, they're probably thinking what, what's in that, you know, what are the, what are they looking for? And, uh, and so to bring back kind of surveying the greens and stuff, um, you're at the travelers this week. Uh, you're, it's exciting. I heard on the shotgun start that they were, they were pitching you to do, you're doing something with Gillette or something. They were pitching you around to shotgun start. I need you to go on that podcast and just be like, just only bring up our podcast the entire time you're a guest on their podcast. But, uh, you've got a busy week here and I know you like this golf course a lot. Yeah. I got to do a bunch of the Gillette stuff this afternoon. Uh, have you shaved? Like you have, I feel like you look, you still look furry. No, it's actually for their, it's for their deodorant, their roll on oh. deodorant. Uh, yeah. No, no, no sweat stains, man. Um, <laughs> I, I, there's, I, 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 again, when they approached me about it, I was like, you know me, right? Like, I don't know if you guys have a razor or a shaver that is strong. Do you enough. have like, seven blades? Do you have 10 blades? Yeah. <laughs> so they, they, they were smart. They're, we're doing, we're doing it for perspiration. Perfect. So perfect. I could always use help with that. Um, but yeah, uh, travelers, I love. I actually uh, didn't play a fracture on this week, so we're gonna see how that goes. Nice. Uh, I played Sleepy Hollow yesterday. Rad, one of the coolest courses I've ever been to. In the rain, and then today uh, I was the. I thought I was gonna be in the pro am, and I ended up being first alternate. So I ended up having to hang around the course all day and practice. Actually, had an awesome day considering not getting in. I mean, spent like six hours practicing. Felt really like it was fun. Good to grind. Five hours practicing. So it was, it was a good grind. Is fun um but yeah i haven't haven't done this in a while but i played here a bunch never really had a ton of success although i feel like the course fits me really well and the greens are how i like them and uh, the layout's how i like it so uh, i just had some weird i remember last year i put it horrible the first day and and they kind of killed me for the for the tournament i think i lost like four strokes on the greens the first day so i don't predict that coming uh again so i'm excited to finally you know hopefully play well here because i do really like the golf course um it has a lot of the things i like about um just course in general it has a lot of runoffs around the greens that are short grass um it's a mix of of fun gettable holes with with some risk uh, has one of the better finishes on tour so um i really enjoy the travelers they also do a great job with uh just you know their whole uh I guess, coordination of the tournament. I think it always goes really well. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. As a nostalgic voice from your past, I'm here to remind you that amongst the stressful and chaotic existence we live in 2024, you deserve to get away. 
It's time for a vacation, no matter when you're hearing this. And let me tell you how you'll get there. The 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe. Want to bring the family to the mountains with the Santa Fe's available H-Track all-wheel drive? Well, it's got standard third-row seating and available dual wireless charging pads for the kids who just want to stare at their phone and not talk to you. You know what I mean. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This is Colin Coward from The Herd with Colin Cowherd. Angie's list is now Angie, the nation's largest home service marketplace. They're here to help homeowners get all their jobs done well. Angie has helped over 150 million homeowners care for their homes. Whatever your home project, big, small, indoor, outdoor, come to Angie to connect with and hire skilled pros to get the job done well. Listen, I've got a couple of things in a bathroom in my house. Got to get it fixed. I don't have time, and I'm not good at it. Angie is. With just a few taps on the app, you can have Angie tackle your home service project start to finish. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it easy to research, compare, and hire pros to ensure a job done well. With 29 years of experience combined with new digital tools to simplify the process, Angie makes completing home projects really easy. It's your one-stop shop. Angie can help you find the best price for your project by comparing quotes from multiple pros in just a few taps or book services at an upfront price based on local data. They get the difficulties that can come with home projects. They get it. Why not make it as simple as possible? Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com or download the app today. Are practice rounds overrated, Max? I mean, is this a yeah. is this a silly take? Is that is that fair? I mean, you guys are like hundred percent overrated. I play golf. I play golf with you, and you. I mean, you make nine birdies. It's like you've never seen golf courses before. I mean, like how'd you? What'd you shoot at Sleepy? Like you shoot four or five under, probably. Uh, I didn't play well at Sleepy, dude. It is so hard to putt there. My God, I think the longest putt our group made was like an eight footer. I haven't, uh, I haven't, I haven't, pl- well all, I haven't played there. I've only played there once, and it was like super wintry. So who'd you play with? You play with Joe and some guys. Did Joe go? Joe and yeah, my buddy Jason and and Pat, who's his dad is him and his dad are members, and they they took me out. It was honestly really fun. You know, sometimes on a three week stretch or when we've been playing a lot of golf, I haven't had two weeks off in a while. It's, it's pretty good to go out and actually just have like a fun time right? and uh, on the golf course still. So it's like cool to kind of like recharge almost, but still be practicing and playing. Um, but yeah, practice rounds in general, like, I mean, people take them real serious. I, I would, I would say, you know, like when I, when I haven't been in the course a lot, like you chart a lot of stuff and you take a lot of notes, but like this golf course I've played so many times. I played it in every condition. I mean, the, you're, you're kind of getting the feel of the speed of the greens and, and and maybe hitting some of the pitch shots or, or shots to see how far it goes. But nowadays with t- all the technology we have, like I, I know how far the ball goes here. Um, I, I know where to leave it around the greens. And I think that's the most important part. And I, and I know what clubs I'm going to hit off every tee. So I'm not going to show up to a hole and have to be like, Oh, is this driver three wood or, so, you know, it's just like, no, I know what I'm going to hit. So in, in that regard, yeah, I, I don't typically obviously take off the, pressure on day i mean i still like to be out there and but this was a weird one i'd already set up sleepy and um and i didn't want to back out of that and then i thought i would be in the pro and ended up being a first alternate so i mean it's just random but we'll see we'll see how it goes it, it shouldn't it shouldn't it really shouldn't matter either way so if i played great i wouldn't like look at it as oh i should never play practice rounds and if i play bad i should never look i'm not gonna look at it as oh, i because i didn't play a practice round i mean i know exactly my game plan for tomorrow you know i knew it 
leaving the golf course uh, last year when we played. So I have a I have a game plan. You should write this down if you got a pen with you. Uh, make a lot of birdies. Make a lot of eagles. Don't make try not bogeys. Try not to make bogeys and try not to make doubles. That would be I would say that'd be the thing. You know, we're working on this get a grip store that's going to have a lot more stuff and it's going to be way more updated. And we're going to have kind of 200 shirt runs and be done with them. I'm going to work on something about practice rounds being overrated. I'll send it to you <laughs> before we approve it. Cause I, I feel like we're on to something here. I think we really are. Like I've got a Connecticut open qualifier on Monday. I don't even know which course I'm playing. Like I had no idea. Now I'm way yeah. worse at golf than you, but I like, I mean, you know, you, you get on a tee and you got to hit a shot. And like, if you've played the whole a hundred times or never played it before, it's kind of, it's probably similar. So uh, we shall see how that goes. I'll, I'll see how my uh, my no practice rounds works as well. I've got a few flights uh, for you, Max, if you want me to start. Hit me. What you got? So I had a bad idea of the week. Um, a dumb idea, if you will. So was working live from on a Tuesday, you know, got out of there about noon, decided to go on a run on the beach. You know, I got my I brought my running shoes. And um, I go down to the, to where the hang gliding thing is, and there's these like super steep kind of crazy stairs. I go down there and I start running, and just I'm just seeing like so many naked men, like older. Oh, you men. went to nude beach? Didn't know, didn't know it was a nude beach. Um, Welcome. I have a rule on nude beaches that the only naked people are people you don't want to see naked, and uh-huh. um, just just went on a run, and it was just a whole bunch of penises everywhere, just. On both, both sides of me as I was running. So I would say it wasn't my best decision of the week. Um, I mean, listen, I have absolutely no issue if you want to be naked on a beach. I just would have liked to be more prepared, you know, for that experience. So that was probably my bad idea of the week. <laughs> I like that. What else you got? It's, uh, it's just, uh, it was, let me just, you know, when you're not ready nope. to see. <laughs> I think I got it. <laughs> when, you're not, when you're not ready to see. When you're not ready to see naked people. It's very jarring when you see someone naked. It's incredibly jarring. Yeah. yeah. Like, you know, I mean, you you don't just happen upon like, like you don't just go into an airport and there's somebody walking around with like no shirt on. Like that doesn't happen. So yeah. uh, you, you would like to at least be a little bit prepared. Um, best thing I heard this week. I got a good one. I was leaving Tory on Sunday in a golf cart and I had some, some random person was, was driving by in a cart and they said, great work this week, Simon. Nice. That's a kind of a classy name. I, I've been called Sean a lot of my life. Like, I mean, I've been called Sean on air before. Simon is a first. Never been called Simon. So that was a, that was a first for me. So you think they were trying to do the Brooksy thing to you? Maybe. Is there a Simon, like an up-and-coming Simon in golf media maybe, that I maybe don't know? Brand, Brandel's, Brandel's been out on you, and he's trying to start a beef. <laughs> and Simon was his, his like, other kind of – it's kind of like an elite, you know, elitist-type name, like Brandel. Like, it's just like – you sound smart with that name, so maybe he was trying to like do a little play on. Back back in the in the Daily Show heyday, there was that Stephen versus Stephen segment they had with Stephen Colbert and Steve Carell. Maybe I need to be Brandel versus Simon, and that'll be our uh, our back and forth yelling segment we could do, uh, which actually might work. That might play. Uh, that's I like that. I like, I like that. that thought though. That's that's very smart. Um, best shot I saw this week was the Bubba driver off the deck at the ninth. Was just just quintessential Bubba. it was just Bubba. it was just okay do i think you've talked about this but when you played with Bubba at wingfoot last year can you tell people how impressive he is in person when you play with him yeah it's dumb like you we talk about talent or whatever like all the time and like he is i would say like i guess it's hard to quantify but he does he, he can do anything like it's 
pretty incredible. Um, he was, he, he tells, I think he tells Ted Scott, his caddy, he tries to hit it in the first cut on every hole. And I think he hit it like five times in the first <laughs> round. It wouldn't put, uh, he also, uh, hit this, like he hits a big ass cut with his driver and he, we get up onto eight and it, you have to draw it. And he hits this most beautiful, absolutely bomb draw. And he told Teddy how he's been like working on it on, at home. And Ted's like, dude, he doesn't practice at home. He's not been working on this. So he just decides to do it. And you're like, dude, this is just not fair. I mean, he, he fired that second round and I was like, man, Bubba might, might do something. And uh, unfortunately, you know, the weekend came us opens have never been super kind to Bubba Watson, but the driver off the deck at nine was, was so dirty. Do you have any flights? Uh, I just have one uh, before I go the uh, feel good Friday. And it's, uh, well, I guess it's, it's my, my own kind of, I'm doing a, a donation. I do it every year um, to the Alzheimer's association and to St. Jude. I typically just do it one week here. I'm going to do it for like a three week run uh, this week at travelers next week at the rocket mortgage. And then uh, culminating at the uh, WGC in Memphis. Cause that is uh, the St. Jude golf tournament. And it's where St. Jude is based. Um, I just kind of ask people if you want to, whether you do or don't, I'm still going to do it. Uh, if you want to follow along with my rounds, uh, donate to birdies and Eagles. Um, I have had a couple people say that they're just going to donate on their own for their own birdies and Eagles, or even just pars or fairways hit I've read. So that's really cool. I always appreciate how um, supportive people are and, and, and helping. Uh, dollar amount doesn't matter. Just as long as you're helping out, it's great. Uh, hopefully, I make a ton of birdies. Uh, I've had a good year, so I felt like I, I want to make it three tournaments and, and maximize it um, as much as we can because uh, these are two that, that mean a lot to me. I know they mean a lot to other people as well. So, um, you know, just uh, hope, hopefully other people can get on board. Shane, I appreciate you. you. You tweet about it, and you're on board. So it's fun. Again, if you if you – follow along with golf. It, it, it's cool to, even if you just want to pick your own, your, your own favorite golfer to, to do, uh, to, to kind of follow along with and, and keep track of, I'll, I'll keep posting. But if you want to do it with me, um, you know, obviously just at the end of each week, I'll, I'll tweet about it or you can just follow along on the app. Um, and again, uh, it'll, it'll end in Memphis, but it's all for a good cause. And it's, uh, just kind of a fun way to make uh, golf a little bit, uh, you know, kind of give it a little bit of a bigger purpose. Uh, and again, if you want to do, if you play some golf at home, if you want to donate on your own, you know, if you make birdies or if you make pars or whatever you want to do, just, you know, keep tally and, and then send it in at the end. It'd be awesome. Here's what we'll do too. Uh, just to give you just a slight more reason to do this outside of just, you know, being a good person and, and donating money to a good cause. If you donate at, at any capacity, your own birdies, Max's birdie Eagles, whatever you do, uh, if you DM the at get a grip pod Instagram account, just a receipt of your donations, I will randomly pick somebody. Uh, we'll send you a get a grip goodie bag, a hat, some koozies, some teas. Max and I'll sign something. I, I think me signing it will actually devalue it, but we'll, uh, we'll, we'll combine and <laughs> sign something. And, yeah. And, and, and we'll, we'll figure something out, but we'll send a little gift bag out to somebody. We'll pick a random person Sweet. that, that does Thank that. So, so DM uh, at get a grip pod is our Instagram account and follow it as well. You should follow as well, but, uh, do that, and we'll, we'll pick a random person um, after the three-week stretch and, and send out a little get-a-grip uh, gift bag of sorts with some autograph stuff and everything like that. Maybe we'll throw in some golf balls as well. Uh, we have some vodka. I could throw some vodka in there, depending on if you're 21 <laughs> or not. Just, just You get everything. You get rap soda. You get vodka. You get <laughs> Titleist. We'll throw one foot joy shoe in there. You know, We'll just make it really awesome. Uh, well, hey, have a great week, Max. Uh, good luck with the no-practice rounds. I hope it works out. Uh, excited to watch. Hey, I had one last question before we go. If the British Open or the RNA, I guess, called you tomorrow and they said, hey, Max, we're big fans. 
we want to put you with Bryson and Brooks on Thursday, Friday. Would you say yay or nay? Oh, hell yeah. That's You'd say yes. I love right it. There. I love yeah. it. That's that would be that. Would In the be meantime, good. playing with my my uh, not so random <laughs> uh, playing partner Jason Duffner this week for like the fifteenth time. Oh, I got to shout him out. CBS baby pointed out. He goes Duffner again, <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. <laughs> so who are you <laughs> with? Who are you again. with Thursday, Friday? Duffner and who? Duffner and Satoshi Kodaira. There won't be a ton of talking because Satoshi speaks Japanese and Duffner doesn't speak a whole lot. Arigato, arigato gozaimasu. That's all you got to say. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Um, yeah, that'll be. Uh, That'll be fun. I mean, hey, listen, play, you had to enjoy playing with – was playing with Phil fun or was he, like, really locked in? Did you enjoy it? Yeah, the fans are hilarious. It's a little – the fans are – Is it too much? They're just yelling, activate activate your thumbs and nice oh, cats, like, all day. Uh, but, no, he's, he's great. I mean, he's phenomenal to play with. I can only imagine. Uh, awesome. Everybody have a great week. Uh, watch Max at the Travelers. Donate if you can. Like I said, make sure you send that in to the – Acker to get a grip pod. We have a store coming out very soon, which is going to have a ton of merch and hats and shirts and sweatshirts and koozies and tees and all sorts of stuff in one place to make it easier. We'll obviously update you guys when that is live, but I've got some pretty cool stuff, Max, and over the last couple of days you'll be a fan of. Uh, but appreciate you guys listening as always, and we will check back next week. Thanks, Shane. That sounds awesome. Can't wait. And even if you're just using the handshake emoji, still please wash your hands. Wash them. Get a Grip with Max Homa and Shane Bacon is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. This is Amy Brown from Four Things with Amy Brown. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between offering quality care and support virtually, in person, and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways that Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthier happens together. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more... Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details.